and welcome to Life with Zan. I'm your host and friend, Zan Farrow. This podcast was created to celebrate how each of us breathe life into our own little corners of the world. Whether through work or play, it is my hope to honor the process and encourage others to do the same. Welcome to Life with Zan. Today, we're going to be chatting with my friend Charlotte Kay, aka Airy Fairy Feminist. She is a life coach, professional organizer, and podcaster. She helps women step into their power by taking back control of their lives and their spaces. Charlotte is also the creator of the online course BU Awaken Your Inner Badass, an online self study course to find who you are, say no to everything else, and take back control of your life. She provides content designed to support and empower all women because she believes that the whole happy individuals lead to a peaceful, inclusive world. In today's episode, we're going to be doing something a little different, and Charlotte's going to be interviewing and coaching me, so you get to kind of get an insight into how she does her thing. Let's go to the show. Hello, Charlotte, and welcome to Life with Zan. Hi, Zan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy that you're here today because we're going to be doing something a little different, something we've never done on my podcast, and Charlotte is a coach, so she is going to coach me today, and can you explain what that's going to look like before we dive in? Yes. So I'm a life coach and I help women step into their power through taking back control of their life or their space. So today we'll be doing an example of taking back control of your life through one-on-one coaching. And then I also do decluttering and downsizing services, which is the take back control of your space part of that. But when I do coaching, It is hard to describe because it's so led by the person that I'm working with. I really want to know what their goals are for the session, for our time together. And then it really just flows from there. And we just have a conversation where I do a lot of listening and then I do a lot of reflecting and I also do some practical tips. And it really depends on my client's style because everyone's different. I have had people who just come and they totally flow with the conversation. I've had people who like keep track of things that are happening in their life that they want to talk to me about. So it really just depends on what that person needs. Um, But one thing I always try to incorporate is a little bit of mindfulness at the beginning. So we'll just do a short little meditation. And then recently I've also started incorporating oracle card pulls at the end of the session. So I will keep track kind of of the time because these are usually an hour so you can get a good sense of what that looks like. Perfect. I'm excited. I this came at, I was telling Charlotte first thing this came at the perfect time because it's been a day. <laughs> and I'm excited to have your help because I you're already a friend so I trust you and I appreciate what you do so this is going to be good. Yeah. The other thing I'll mention quickly is that usually my first session with someone, I'm like asking a ton of questions and learning a lot about someone. I won't probably be doing that as much because Zan and I do know each other, um, but just know that that is usually part of it as well. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So do we start with the meditation? Um, First, I wanted to start with just asking you what your goal is for coaching and for this session. So what's been surfacing very recently, aka this morning, is 
the feeling the need to control what's going on around me. So I know this is this kind of ties in with having anxiety, at least for me, and kind of controlling my environment and things going on around me has helped my anxiety in a way. And this morning, just the most recent example is I was getting really frustrated because today's podcast episode that was supposed to go live was messed up and I kept trying to re-record and my cat was going crazy and all sorts of things were going on and I was getting very, very frustrated. And I did eventually get to the point where I calmed down and was like, you know what, I'll let it go for now. We'll figure it out later because I, you know, had plans with you. So I was like, I'll figure it out later. And, but I know that this is something that goes on with me and just getting really frustrated about external things going on I can't control. And I really want to get to the point where I can more quickly let it go or roll off my back and, you know, not get frustrated or upset. That, that's what I think is like the most important uh, thing going on with me right now. Awesome. Yeah. And it changes every day, right? So yeah, perfect. Okay. So yeah, let's start with the meditation. So just go ahead and close your eyes and the listeners can follow along with us if they're not driving. <laughs> and just take three deep breaths in and out at your own pace. And just start to notice the sensations in your body, where your body is touching the floor or your seat, where your hands are resting. If you're warm or cold, Notice any sounds that are around you. And just allow them to be there. Even though we're recording a podcast, background noise is totally fine. And just notice your breath. any scents that are happening. And any thoughts or anxiety, we're just going to let them exist. And if they can, just release them on the exhales. Noticing that everything is perfect in this moment. And take one last deep breath in through the nose. And sigh it out. My dog just sighed at the same time. <laughs> It was really good when you, at the end, when you said, um, 
everything's perfect right now, that was like a relief. Good. I think for me, when I, I guess that maybe goes in with the control, like trying to control something or make things quote unquote right in my head, you trying to make something perfect or, you know, my idea of what that's supposed to look like. And that was kind of, a, you know, that's a relief saying, you know what, it is perfect as is. There's no need to try and like correct or anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> something that I teach in coaching and also in my online course is that perfection is one of the most subjective things yeah. in the world. So trying to be perfect, you're, you try to meet your own idea of perfect and you also try to meet others' ideas of perfect. And then there's this third layer where you're trying to meet what you think others' ideas of perfect are. And then you just like get into this whirlwind of perfectionism when there is no standard for what that actually means. So that is why I think it's so frustrating. Of course. No, yeah. When you put it like that. But that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it in layers before. And I wonder if if there's like certain ways to work on different layers or if it's all one thing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it all gets all wound up together. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about today and more like specifically what kind of happened? Yeah, let's just start there. Yeah, so I kind of gave a brief synopsis. So this morning I got up early because I was too tired last night to edit my podcast. And I was, I got up really early and I was editing and then I realized the audio was messed up. I was like, you know what? It's totally fine. I can re-record it. So I thought I was, I thought I was being chill. I was like, I can re-record it right now. It's all good. Because it was a solo episode. And I went in, I came into the closet to a re-record and I set everything up. I got my crystal. I got my coffee. I was doing great. And then I just started recording and it felt like nothing was right. You know, my cat was making noise and I felt like I could hear other things in the background. I felt like I wasn't flowing. And then I just got really frustrated and I kept starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And then I was just so angry with myself and so that was where I was like, eventually I figured it out that I needed to walk away. <laughs> but Good. <laughs> yeah, that happens for me, you know, in different, you know, different scenarios, not just in, you know, working on a specific, you know, work related thing. It can happen in, you know, regular life. And I'm sure many people uh, have this every now and again. So I, <laughs> I was kind of uh, glad that it came up. It wasn't what I originally thought we were going to chat about but you know the universe had other plans <laughs> yeah totally so that's what happened say that again that was more of like an in-depth of what yeah yeah so when you woke up and you realized that the audio well first of all did you feel like editing the podcast when you woke up this morning yeah I love editing. okay oh great good um and then when the sound wasn't working and you figured out that you would have to, or that you were going to re-record it. Did you really want to re-record it? Not really, okay. but 
I kind of took that as a, hey, you know what? This is an opportunity to make it better. Maybe it wasn't that great before. I was pretty chill about it in the beginning. I just heard your first thought was maybe it wasn't that great before and I could make it better. Mm-hmm. And then did how did that play out when you recorded it? Did that put more pressure on it? A little bit, yeah. I think it. I was thinking, well, how can I improve it? Because when I have done my solo episodes, again, this is also very new for me. So I don't really have a flow yet, especially with solo episodes. But so far, I've just kind of sat down and talked, which I enjoy, like we're doing right now. Not as much planned out like my guest interviews have been. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of just, I guess, make it better. I don't, I don't know how, but I had that, I definitely had that idea in my mind. Yeah. And then when the cat was making noises and it wasn't working out, what was your thought process like throughout that? Why does Richard Pryor have to meow so much? (laughs) No, yeah. At first he, you know, he can do it just for a second or whatever. And I don't think anything of it. But if he just keeps going and going and on and then insists on coming in the room and I was just getting annoyed with him. And then I was thinking, well, maybe he's being crazy because Shelby was still home this morning, hadn't left for, yet for the day. So I was like, oh, why isn't she just awake yet and dealing with him? And then I, w- I woke her up eventually and was like, hey, can you handle this cat? Because... I'm frustrated and I did not say it as nice as I just did. <laughs> I mean, if she didn't know she was asleep or whatever because it was really early. But I was, yeah, I was really frustrated and I knew that she could help me in that moment. But I don't know if that, you know, that wasn't necessarily the reason he was being crazy, but he has never done that before. Like, I mean, have you heard of him yet right now? No. No. So maybe he just, I don't know, something was wrong. He had food. I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of what happened then. I don't know. I I got really, really frustrated and was just trying to like, I guess, figure out how to get him to stop or whatever. But I don't know. That, that might have not helped. <laughs> he definitely kept, kept me outing. So I got yeah. negotiated with him. And, but then he did eventually stop and I was getting back into recording and Shelby was like, you know, I guess, you know, watching him and kind of keeping him entertained. And I just like, couldn't do it. I just kept getting frustrated. Yeah. And um, what, what did your mind sort of say around like, what happens if you don't re-record that podcast today? At first I was thinking, well, that's frustrating because I want to get it up today and it has to go up today, you know, has to life or death situation. (laughs) What else? It just thinking like, well, I just started this project. I don't want to be flaky and not Uh, have it, my episode go up today. Yeah. That's kind of where that went. Yeah. And are those, so the two things that stand out are it has to, as you yeah. Coach yourself a little bit there, right? It has to. And also you don't want to be flaky. Do those things come up often when you get frustrated, when things feel out of control? Those thoughts? I think so. I think not necessarily the word flaky as much, but it goes in line with inconsistent or consistency. And that's really important to me. Yeah. Uh, being consistent 
and because I think I again my personal beliefs that that's important in all areas of life and I'm not you know I'm definitely not great at it I you know I'm not perfect but I think it's important especially when I was like starting a new project and I want it to um show up every week for those who tune in and my you know of course you know fears start pouring in like well what if people decide that you know they're they're upset or they you know don't want to tune in anymore yeah whatever (laughs) what if what if zan posts her podcast one day late one time then i'm never going to listen to her podcast again (laughs) have you ever done that with podcasts that you listen to no I'm excited that they posted it and listened. <laughs> yeah, I think um, podcasting, yeah, I can relate to this. I have my own podcast. And one thing that I did when I started it was, you know, my whole business sort of uh, started w- under the premise of flow, as Jess Lively teaches, as Zan and I have both taken her course. And flowing is basically just like, going with your intuition and like going with the flow and what feels good in the moment. So when I started my podcast, I knew that I didn't want to just record one to record one. Like I knew that I only wanted to share things when it felt fun to share them and it felt fun to share that message. And I knew that if I didn't, if I didn't record them in the flow, uh, then what's the point of sharing them because they're not going to be as good as when I feel like it. So what I actually did when I started was I told people like, I'm not going to promise when these come out. Like I'm just going to let them flow. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's what I've done. And I cannot re-record an episode. (laughs) It doesn't matter how bad my audio is. Some of my listeners have probably heard some audio with my dog in the background ripping apart a blanket, but I just can't bring myself to re-record it. So yeah, so just noticing like what is that, I call it reaction dysmorphia. Like what do we think the reaction is going to be when we do or don't do something? Um, and is it actually realistic? Probably not in this case. <laughs> yeah. And even if it is, say like 20 people hear the, like see it's late and they decide they don't want to listen anymore. Those aren't really your people, right? Yeah. No, that's yeah. That's very true. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of like, for example, Jess Lively, because we were just talking about her when she was, you know, is consistently sharing on her podcast and then doesn't for a week. I, you know, I'm, I'm just like, oh, dang, that stinks. But whenever it comes out, like, I'm going to listen to it. I'm not like, forget her. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't have to tune out. Uh, yeah. Stop listening altogether. Yeah. If anything, you're like, no, please come back. <laughs> right. Exactly. It makes, it kind of, it's, it's like a cliffhanger and you want it, you've, you're looking for it now. You're waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that comes up with that is like thinking that we can, control other people's emotions or make people, because I think part of it too is probably, correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, we hope that people enjoy what we're putting out. And if we're bringing happiness to their day, like we don't want to take that happiness away from them. Is that something that comes up for you? For sure. I know that, and I've shared this, that I've enjoyed podcasts and it has been kind of an escape for me in parts of my life that were very unhappy and dark and to not be that for someone when I quote unquote promised that I would be is hard for me. Yeah. 
I feel like some people pleasing stuff coming up. <laughs> and so I, you know, I want, I want to be there for people. And that's kind of the whole point of why I created the podcast and cause I enjoy people in general. So yeah. I, yeah, I think just worrying that disappointing somebody or disappointing myself is, is not a fun feeling. Yeah. Tell me more about, you mentioned that you really value consistency, but you also said that you aren't always consistent because yeah. nobody's perfect. Yeah. Tell me more about that value of consistency and where that comes from. That's a good question. I, I'm trying to think of like the first thing that I think of. I think it just makes me think of work and the consistency that we're kind, that's kind of ingrained in us around work and what's required of us and when I think of those traditional work I guess expectations or ideals that is not a good feeling you know in my stomach I don't like that yeah did you always when you had a you had a full-time job at one point yeah did you always make your deadlines yes I think there was unreasonable expectations though and that but you still made them yeah yeah even though they didn't feel good and they felt unreasonable yeah yeah and now you're in your own business making your own deadlines so they can really be whatever you want them to be true you don't have to have deadlines at all yes i and this made me think of something so in my family we kind of joke that my mom calls me like the fire marshal and I create structure and rules where there are none because that like concerns me when we're in it. Cause you know, like for, I don't know, I can't think of a great example, just general. I like structure. I like a plan. And if something I'm getting bet way better, but I know that it still does really bother me if we deviate from some sort of plan. And I think Shelby's really helped me with that because we are opposites in this regard. Like my having a partner who is so go with the flow and I'm the opposite. And we're, I think we have helped each other more meet in the middle, but I know for me personally, I'd like to be a little more chill about things because I frustrate myself. No one's being upset about me in that scenario. And I know that I could, you know, get less upset about things. So that would be ideal. (laughs) Yeah. Do you, um, my um, partner also uh, has experiences with anxiety. Do you feel like the structure keeps your anxiety in check? A hundred percent. Yeah. So perhaps something to just just to kind of remember or be open to or or kind of play with like I talk about identity a lot and how we can get attached to our identities and sometimes that's super useful like you know I've done a lot of work with the LGBTQ community and like having that identity so you can find community and so you can find people who have similar experiences totally super duper useful sometimes our identities or like the things that have helped us at one point are like a stepping stone that we don't necessarily need to stay attached to. So I just 
went to a three-day silent meditation retreat and they were talking a lot about mindfulness. It was very kind of Buddhist tradition uh, meditation retreat and they were talking about mindfulness and they were like, well, once you open to like all the love in the world, you don't really need to do loving kindness meditations anymore because you're just open to it. It's just part of your existence. And they use the analogy of like, you use the raft to get across the river, but if you keep taking the raft with you, it can hold you, drag you down. Mm -hmm. So something to just consider in terms of all of the structure, I'm not saying like totally get rid of all structure ever, but sometimes the structure is what's now maybe, I don't know if you describe it as anxiety. Um, Also everyone, I'm not a like licensed therapist. So I, (laughs) this is coaching, not therapy. So when I talk about anxiety, I just want to, I'm always cognizant to put that out there that like, I'm not an expert in anxiety, Mm -hmm. but do you feel like this part of the structure has outlived its usefulness? Oh, I like the way you phrased that. I think, I think yes, for sure. I, it feels, it does feel outdated. Yeah. And maybe the way I'm using it isn't helping anymore. So for me, the structure is kind of really based around my environment and that plays into my job. And yeah, whereas if like on my first podcast episode, we talked about schedules or not first, second guest interview with Tiffany Walker. She's really good at scheduling and I'm not, it's not perfectly color coded and organized. I but I do like to kind of have a general idea of those things laid out and it can be pretty fluid. It is more yeah. my environment and the day-to-day actions in my world that I feel the need to control or know what's going to happen or have it planned and I do want to kind of release some of that or just kind of pinpoint maybe where I can improve. So yeah, yeah, I do think it does feel outdated and not necessarily helpful, but just more of a safety net or just something I'm used to doing, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think we get used to like, you know, when I first started meditating, I did it every single morning because I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And this is like so beneficial and giving me so much. And I don't meditate as often anymore because... But like at the time, it was just like, this is what I do. I get up and I meditate. And it was so exciting at one point. It's like the things that get us in alignment right now aren't necessarily always going to get us into alignment and being open to like when that shift is happening. And so I think something I would recommend to you, and sometimes I give homework if people like homework, whatever, homework, extra credit, do it if you want. It's your life. (laughs) But it's just starting to bring more awareness to like noticing what structure is still helpful for you and what structure isn't helpful for you. Because there's probably both. I'm not saying like no structure is going to be helpful for you, but I find structure, especially in the example that you shared, when you have other people or animals as these external factors, like a regimented structure most likely isn't going to help anyone in that scenario because we don't have control over animals for sure and like other people can kind of pretend like (laughs) you're controlling them but you're not actually controlling them right or controlling like uh just making plans for 
a week or any, like if I'm traveling to visit my family, I want to have a general idea of when we're doing specific things. And part of it is, I, is communication and making sure that I save time to do, you know, extra things I want to do. And I am a big believer in communication and making uh, everyone feel heard and making sure like if we are making plans that, you know, Shelby has a chance to think about things she wants to do and we make sure we save time for that or, you know, whatever. So that's kind of where I, part of it is I want to make sure, make sure everyone gets what they want and makes sure everyone is happy but it is the same thing like well you know it's it's all going to be okay but is it (laughs) well it might not all be okay but that's beyond that's beyond us yeah see when you say that I get upset thinking like but I could have prevented it I could have sat everyone down and said guys let's make a schedule (laughs) or like (laughs) loose plan understanding of when things are going to happen it doesn't have to be super strict like oh at uh 10 30 we start this no it's not like that but yeah an understanding of like this day we're gonna do this thing at some point in time and this and this day and then you'll have the free time to do this and just like being the middle person and explaining everything to everyone and making sure everyone's on the same page is so important to me for some reason <laughs> no yeah you're like um I, I think it's in strengths fighter, they call it a harmonizer or in some sort of assessment, they call it a, you want to keep kind of harmony yeah. and you want to support everyone in being happy. Let me ask you this. Do people get frustrated with your planning sometimes? I think Shelby probably does because especially since her personality is naturally the opposite, but I think she will definitely admit that it has helped her too in recognizing that she can not control, but contribute to a plan mm-hmm. and not just let things happen to her. But yeah, I think it does definitely get frustrated. I think she's, you know, she's doesn't really say much and she kind of accepted it. You know, she's like, that's you, whatever. It's not harmful, but I think she'll say, you know, it, we'll see what happens. We can't, you know, control. Yeah. She's or, like, I will accept you trying to make me happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I can't make anyone happy. I'm aware of that. But I I can, um, I think it, it does probably frustrate her as much as it has helped her in some ways. Mm. So, I mean, I'm, she's my best example because she's with me the most. So, yeah, that I think will get, I, but yeah, I don't, she doesn't say much. So I don't know if, should I ask? <laughs> <laughs> You can ask if you want. You can also just experiment with something that might feel, I I wouldn't say if you're taking like a 10 day trip somewhere soon, don't plan anything. That might be a little too much for you. But if you really want to get it, you know, I know you're you're a spiritual person and you believe in alignment and flow and all these things. If you plan everything, you don't leave room for those sort of magical synchronicities that the universe can bring to you. And I do, and I do believe in that. I do believe in leaving room for magic. I just haven't practiced it enough. Yeah. Well, do you have, um, I don't know, like a day trip or do you have something coming up that, are you planning something right now? Um, I can't 
think of anything off the top of my head. Oh, we are, I mean, we are going to visit my family around my birthday, but that's late summer. It's over a few months, but eventually I will start planning-ish that. Yeah. Well, that might be just something to experiment with of like, however long you're going, maybe not, it's obviously like you have to figure out your travel and what dates you're going and where you're staying. If you're not staying with your family, like all of these things, obviously, but I don't know. I wonder if just experimenting with like two or three days of that trip, like just don't plan anything. Mm-hmm. I am better about it there. So that might not be the best example. So I'll have to think of another one because I am with my family. So, and I know how they operate. So mm-hmm. I feel le- the less of a need to plan. Hmm. Well, um, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like this big challenge. It doesn't have to be hard. It can just be maybe intentionally going into that into this time and into that experience with, you know, I'm going to let things flow a little bit more. And also I'm going to remind myself that this, and this is something that comes up for a lot of people and you mentioned it, but it's, it's not fully ingrained in there of like, I can't control other people's emotions. And so this comes from, I can't, I think it's Brooke Castillo. It's like a combination Brooke Castillo and just lively and probably every person that they've followed or whatever. But like in our bodies, our, we have a thought. No, excuse me. Something happens, something external, something happens, a car pulls out in front of us, cuts us off, whatever. We have a thought about it. And that thought is based on our perceptions, our experiences, our background, our childhood programming, like what we've watched on TV, whatever's in our brain, our brain like filters through and, and creates the thought based on our perceptions. And then the feelings that we have, the emotions come from that thought. So the only thing we have control over is what we do. And we don't have control over what people think about what we do. And that's what creates their feelings. So like literally you cannot control people's feelings or make people happy or make people upset or whatever. You can, I mean, we can certainly intentionally do things we know other people don't like. I've had experiences with that from from me and from others, but we don't have that control. Does that make how does that feel? Oh, that no, that's that's a good point. I and it's one of those things we know and you know consciously, but putting into practice I think is hard. Yeah. I don't know where that I mean, I wish I knew where it like came from or I, my, the first thing that came to mind after you said that was, well, how do I make sure I don't translate that into my, like to myself, meaning how do I make sure I'm not trying to control my own emotions as in like allowing instead of (laughs) like, if I'm not trans, if I'm not transferring, trying to control others, emotions, environment to controlling my own, which I probably already do some of, but I don't want to over, you know, take that. I want to let it go, not just transfer those kind of, I guess, things I'm doing. And I know that, and maybe even let it go a little bit what I'm already doing, because I, I recognize that allowing has been difficult for me recently that's a concept we we learn in through just lively just allowing and i go i know when i'm in a place where i'm doing a really good job of that things just come to me it's easy but when you try and control things and you grip it really tight 
and I'm literally holding fists right now. (laughs) 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 When you grip it really tight. (laughs) And I don't want it to be difficult. I, you know, I want it to be easy. So I just getting in that pattern of recognizing that it can be easy, that it can flow to me and really putting it into practice and staying that way. And the word consistency just popped up again, like staying consistent. See, I'm putting pressure on myself. (laughs) Isn't it amazing when you say these things out loud with someone else? It's like, ah, look, look at what I'm doing. You're a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. I can relate to that. Anything, a couple of things come up. One, I talk about yin yoga a lot because I'm obsessed with it, but my yin yoga instructor, one thing she says usually at the end when we're lying in Shavasana is let it be easy, let it be peaceful. And I think it's remembering that that is our natural state, like our natural state of intuition. And when our mind's not going all over the place is this easy, peaceful place, but also knowing that we won't always, that there's a reason we're human beings. Like we are not always going to be in that state. So we're not going to be perfect at being our authentic selves and following our intuitions every moment of every day. But it's just allowing it when it does come and noticing when it's not there. And sometimes noticing when it's not there just means like being pissed off for a while. That's my like, that's my main negative emotion is like anger and frustration, but it could be sadness. It could be whatever. It could be anxiety. And it's knowing that that is going to pass and that no amount of scheduling our day or creating a routine is going to ever eliminate it entirely. Right. Is that helpful? Yeah. Okay. Something I just thought of is I think another reason I, as of late, have gotten really bad at trying to control to a certain extent, especially when it comes to travel or something, is because Shelby is the opposite of me. She is so chill. It stresses me out because I'm like, oh, she's so chill about this. She hasn't even packed yet. She hasn't counted the number of pairs of socks she's going to need, you know, like (laughs) 100%. And I think I maybe overcompensate because I'm thinking, well, if I over plan, surely we, she and I will make it safe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's hard with your partner. I do the same thing. I like, um, my partner just left for Chicago for like five days and I kept asking him, do you have everything you need? Do you have your phone charger? Do you have, he's going to like a video game competition. I'm like, do you have all your little gadgets and your wires? And I'm just like, He's an adult. If he doesn't take these things, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I'm going to have to go drive to Chicago. I live in Ann Arbor. I live in Michigan, so I'm not very – I'm four hours away. But, like, I'm not going to have to go drive to Chicago and bring it to him. That's going to be his own deal. So I think it doesn't mean necessarily mimicking her in, in like, her style. Maybe it just means you pack when you feel like you want to pack. And then when she hasn't packed yet – just allowing that. And it's going to be like hard. I mean, it's, it's not going to come naturally, but I think something that would be helpful for you is just trying these little experiments, right? And like of, you know, next time you guys are going to get ready and you have to be somewhere at a certain time is like not checking in with her a million times. Okay. We have to go soon. We have to go soon. I don't know. That's what I do. I don't know if that's what you do. 
hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> taught myself to tell her we have to leave earlier than we do. <laughs> and being on time is so important to me. And I get very, fr- like, that's where I get the most frustrated is Ooh. being late. I'm one of those people where I'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. It's so, to me, it's embarrassing. And that's how I was raised. Yeah. Like, he's, it's considered disrespectful to be late or rude and obviously there are there is external things like if you're in traffic like whatever those things happen but if you could have somehow prevented it I like I'll I'll lose it like I'll get so upset and it's so silly I recognize that but for some reason I take it so seriously and (laughs) well yeah it's like it's a cultural thing and it's and something that can be helpful is to realize that like in there are a lot of places in the world where that's not a thing like being late is no big deal no one even bats an eye um i have a friend who spent some time in ghana and she was like yeah people would just be like four hours late and it was no big deal gosh so it my parents moved to the central coast of california almost four years ago and it's definitely way more laid back there. Yeah, they're probably more chill now. And you're like, what? But you taught me. Oh and now God. you're not even obeying the things that you taught me. It's probably messing with your mind. <laughs> uh, I think my dad is probably still the same way. But I, th- I think he's come to accept it probably. But no, I, he's definitely like me. Like we're similar in that. <laughs> but no, yeah. And it, it did frustrate me. For example, we were renovating their home. And everything just in, in, in construction, you know, that things are going to take longer than expected. Mm -hmm. You know, these things going in, but this just, yeah, no one ever showed up on time. Everyone was late. Everyone didn't have the correct things. Even if I tried to over-prepare, you know, et cetera. And I was so frustrated, like, who the heck are these people in the central coast, these hippies in the central coast? (laughs) doing whatever they want, going rogue, you know, what, what's going to happen in the apocalypse? Uh, it was- We love anyone that identifies as a hippie, by the way. And if you follow me, I'm just like a controlled hippie or whatever. So I, I don't know. I, I bet, but that did, like, that was a certain season of like recognizing that First of all, they live in a place that is, you know, way more chill. I live in a big city. I forget yeah. that big city. And there's a lot of business, there's a lot going on. And I truly live in the city right now. And I, you know, it's hustle and bustle. It really is. So I think I just am always aware of that and aware of the people around me. And they were, I worry that, you know, something could come off as inconsistent or unprofessional, especially when it revolves around my business. And that's what, we joke about Shelby and I that I know my work schedule. I know what's going on. I know every single meeting, every single appointment, every deadline. But when it comes to our personal life, I have no idea what the heck's going on. She's like in charge of that. I don't, I just, I don't even, I don't even know. So maybe it is around work especially, but no, yeah. it is work, but also like free time with others that I try to, you know, plan out a bit. Yeah. So do you have a recent example of when you were running late to something? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, so I had a doctor's appointment. 
And I think I forgot what time it was. I thought it was at noon, but it was really at 11. And I had gone out and like gotten coffee at a coffee shop or something. It was like working there and realized at some point in time that I was, I didn't know what time the appointment really was. And it was earlier. And I thought I started freaking out. Well, truth was I had plenty of time to get there and arrive on time. But because I did not know that I was the the exact time and I was quote unquote late in my head, if you will, to the appointment I had, you know, in my, in my head, I was freaking out. And of course I got there, you know, still a few minutes early, Yeah, but it really threw me off. And I, but once I got there and sat down, I was cool. Like I was like, Oh, I'm here. I'm here. The appointment's not for five minutes. I'm cool. But leading up to that, I was like, and I'd never, this is a new doctor. You know, there's layers of, you know, uncertainty. So I've been there. I didn't know the parking situation. I didn't know everything, you know? So it was one of those things where I, but at the end of the day, you know, everything's fine and everything worked out. But I want to go into the not fine. Hold up. First of all, I just have a, a, a funny question. Was the doctor late? No. Did they, they got you in right on time? Okay, nice. Ooh, that's good. Usually doctors are super late. Anyways, um, okay, so when you were having the freak out, I want to know what the thoughts were probably about yourself. Like what, what was your mind saying to you about you? Why can't I you know, keep track of what's in my schedule? <laughs> uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to have to pay this doctor, you know, late fee or whatever you have to pay if you don't make your appointment. Uh, I don't remember what else. Those are the first things that came to mind. Okay. And then like, what would it mean if you couldn't keep track of your schedule? What does that say about you? What, what does your mind think that says about you if you can't keep track of your, your schedule? I'm not responsible. And, uh, or like flake again, or, um, I, yeah, that I'm like not an adult, that I can't be, do things seriously. Or yeah. whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. And why does your like why does your mind want you to be so serious and professional? I guess because part of that was in I think ingrained in me from previous jobs and career. And I feel like at least some of that is going to transfer or needs to transfer over into owning my own business. And I do feel like, you know, there's more pressure on yourself in different ways when it's just you. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for new things you've never done before, not simply just that, for example, me, I do, you know, I'm an interior designer and that part I know how to do, but there's all these business things I've never done before and, you know, the uncertainty there. So I feel, but I do want to still, you know, although it's me and I'm doing things my way, I still worry that things aren't coming off professional enough or legitimate enough. And and that's a real thing. When I tell people what I do and I do it on my own, a lot of people, some people are very, you know, excited and ask questions and they're like, Oh, that's so cool. But there are a lot of people that are like, Ooh, that you're your own boss and that's not going to last. Like, you know, that sort of thing. And I get frustrated and defensive, not out loud, but in, you know, internal. So I think that maybe that's, you know, the external validation of 
of being professional is where that comes from. So you really want to show these people that don't think what you're doing is the right thing and that it won't last, that you're good enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you want to work with those people? No. Do you really want to interact with those people on any sort of extended basis? Never, no. They're no no fun. (laughs) Yeah. So um, can I swear on your podcast? Um, I ha- I have we had swearing? I don't know. Go for it. Okay. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> That's true. What they think. Apparently. And know. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm not saying that that's not common and normal, yeah. but I just want to bring light to that mm-hmm. to say when these fears of not being professional enough or not being consistent, professional is like perfection too to me. It's like, what does that word even really mean? I think there are some cultural consistencies depending on like workplace or whatever, but I feel like you get the most reaction from your, you know, you've told me your Insta stories where it's just you and Shelby like chilling and it's not you being super polished, right? It's just you being you and chasing after this ideal of perfection or this ideal of professional, which I'm putting in air quotes that people can't see. It's just taking away from who you are true no that's very true I'd never I'd never seen it like that before because you have an amazing business you have an amazing Instagram you have an amazing podcast you have people that really love what you're doing you're doing well in your business so you're doing it right for you regardless of if it's professional or not yeah I didn't realize that was something I was struggling with and but I think a lot of that is when you, for me, owning my own business and being in a very professional environment to going on your own, not feeling like you're not being taken seriously, especially by your peers, is something you think about and go through. And I'm really feeling like they don't understand or I think, you know, there are a lot of people who are very accepting and, uh, you know, excited, but a lot of people that are not, they don't. Yeah they're they they think I don't know what they think but it seems like disapproving or you know thinking you're almost less than because you're not doing you know the traditional if you will career path for my you know if you got my degree because I have a a lot of peers who um I went to school with yeah I really want to recognize that you you catch yourself a lot on things, which is so great. It means you have like awareness, but you said, you said, well, I don't know what they think. That's really good (laughs) because we don't, we don't know what people are thinking, but also when people have negative reactions to it or they're sort of confused, it's usually just because they don't understand, they just don't understand it. And they think that they have to do things a certain way to survive in this world. And you are surviving in a way that is so unfamiliar to them. And some people's reaction to that, depending on kind of their vibe is like, oh, that's so interesting. Tell me about that. Or it's, "Mm, that's never going to work for her because what they, what you're really showing them is a mirror of like, man, I kind of am interested in that for me, but it would never work for me. So if it can't work for me, it can't work for her. Yeah. Oh, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, um, when you encounter someone like that and that sort of the, can you kind of play for me how the conversation goes? I think I would just kind of 
leave the conversation or change it to something else. I don't think I'd want to, I would, the, I would never address it head first with someone unless they were very upfront and it was someone close to me. Yeah. Very close to me. Otherwise I just kind of be like, blow them off because it's yeah. entertaining. That's a great boundary. I love that. That's so great. Uh, I, I have pretty good, I have pretty good boundaries with certain people and then with others. No. yeah no that's that's pretty normal um is there anyone you feel like you want to and I know this is on a podcast so maybe this wouldn't be the best time but to talk about how to set up a boundary because that's something else that I help people with but again if this is a different format where it's going on a podcast so you might not want to (laughs) with this particular topic I think it I'm trying to think of like a category of people because I think it's just honestly any, there's lots of different people that whether it's peers or people I know who are like my parents' friends or random people I talk to, actually the random people I talk to are usually very, very nice and excited about it. Cool. And there are people who know me that are not. So hello, people who know me. Um, <laughs> no, it is. I think there. It's not always negative, but there is sometimes some like questioning or uh, I don't know the right word to use, but I think you understand where mm-hmm. you, they're like, I don't understand what the heck you're doing. It sounds like it's not real, if you will. So I, yeah. I get that. Some people think interior design in general is like fluff. Not. Uh, Yeah. So I I can't think of a specific person. It's more of a general like blanket situation where someone I encounter says something. Say they're like, people do. And how do you do interior design online? That doesn't sound real, you know? Mm. And yeah which is a portion of my business and which works really well because so many of my clients don't live in Dallas. So being able to do that has been amazing and is very convenient. I think because it's more, it's more flexible in general, not just because of distance, but because of people's schedules and everything you can have a conversation, you know, later in the evening or, you know, whatever. So yeah, I, it ha- it works it works very well, but a lot of people think, well, you're you can't possibly be doing. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, a, a lot of people have that around like anything that's online. Really, I was talking to someone um, recently who she's been seeing the same therapist for a really long time over the phone, and at first she was very like, she's like, how could it possibly be this? Because she knew someone else who was seeing this therapist. She's like, how could it possibly that amaz- be that amazing when it's over the phone? And I don't know, like. I mean, we watch YouTube, we watch social, we do watch Insta stories, like all this stuff is, is over the internet all the time. yeah, and then like energy is energy. It doesn't matter how close or far apart you are. So I think that's interesting, but that was a side note. So when that happens or someone has that kind of reaction, like how do you respond in the moment? And then also like, I just want to make sure blowing them off, I think is great, but I also want to make sure that like you're walking away still feeling good. Yeah, I don't think I do walk away feeling good. I think okay. if someone said something like, I, most people would probably say like, how does that work? Or something like that. But if they're sa- they say, let's, because people say whatever they want, you know. If someone said, I would never hire an interior designer. 
like that, something like that. I would be like, oh, well, that's okay. Whatever works for you. You know what I mean? I w- that's probably would be my reaction. Yeah. And, that's and then I would probably walk away feeling like down or yeah. like, yeah, feeling bad about myself or my business. And I don't want that. Yeah. What's the train of thought between them saying I would never, you know, I would never hire an interior designer over the internet and what thoughts happen with you that then make you feel sad? I, I think my initial reaction is, well, I, well, that honestly, I know that certain things work for certain people. So I, I honestly would feel like, you know, whatever does work for you works for you. And, it, and my second thought is, well, then you're not my ideal client. <clears throat> and Hell yeah. That was, and that's completely true for anyone, whatever you do, whether you are a coach or you are an online designer or graphic designer, anything, any area of life, not everyone's going to be your client. Not everyone's going to be, you know, like the way you do things, but that's okay. And you, you, it's important that I've, I learned in business to niche and have your people. So I think I'd be okay with that. Like yeah. in the moment, I know that they are not the right person. And even though I probably don't want to work with them because they sound rude, but <laughs> yeah. Difficult. However, yeah. hopefully feeling bruised and mm-hmm. hurt by yeah. those comments. And even though it's not a personal attack, it's just their beliefs or them being them. I still feel bad about it. Yeah, totally. And this is, I think those thoughts that you're having are great. They're supportive thoughts of like, this isn't my person, you know, they're playing, you know, there's enough clients for me forever for my business. I don't need this person, but also, um, what I am, I've known this, but it's hard for me to do this. And so I'm in the practice with you of still then feeling that sadness. Mm-hmm. Like you can think your way over it and go, no, 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 it's fine. It's whatever. But also just taking the time either right then or maybe a little bit later when you're by yourself just to like allow that emotion to flow through you and experience it. And it likely will only take a few minutes, but that is how we don't have these like emotions and feelings get trapped in our bodies. Yeah. That reminds me of when this happens to me a lot where I'll feel a certain way, usually negative and I'll catch myself and I'll, and I usually won't remember why. And it's yeah. small like that, that would have, it's usually something small that, w- cause if it, again, I would remember if it was something bigger, like I saw a car accident or something, but it, it, just kind of sits there as you know feeling down or upset and I, yeah. I'll pause and be like well what was that and I'll try and think back and I'll be like oh that's silly man you have to let it go but I yeah. do catch myself you know holding on to those emotions yeah but not letting it go feeling it and releasing it yeah, it's different mm-hmm. yeah. letting it go skims over it whereas if you feel it you actually pause and allow that sadness to like you just like go into it fully and usually it's only for a couple of minutes and you just sort of release it and go forward. I'm an expert in skimming over shit. It's like this, <laughs> this actual feeling of feelings, which is, it's, it's challenging for me, but it's, it's super important because then, you know, it's not a week later and you're like, why am I so annoyed right now? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Good point about letting it, you know, let the emotions sit there. And I think for sometimes I want to race through them and I'm sure lots of people do and for different emotions. Yeah. And 
I, but I not feeling bad for feeling bad, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to like, it's okay to feel the full range of emotions. I love, um, Castillo talks about being willing to feel any feeling because every feeling is just a sensation in the body and sort of locating that feeling in your body and just kind of letting it do its thing, crying or screaming or doing, punching a pillow. I don't know, doing whatever. I used to, oh God, when I was a teenager, I used to break CDs. Oh my God. <laughs> Angry emo teen. Oh my gosh, totally, 100%. But I would take like old CDs and I would just like break them. Like I wouldn't smash them, like throw them against, I would just break them because like the tension, I don't know, something about the tension felt really good and then it would break and it was just like, oh. It's like, I have iTunes now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. They're harder to come by. But yeah, so I suggest, I suggest finding, finding ways to feel those feelings because that's also how something I'm really passionate about is just like social justice and kindness and, and being open to other perspectives. And I think when we kind of push those feelings down, it makes us more reactive in the future. So the next time someone says that you might be doubly reactive as opposed to, you know, just sort of processing it through. Or you might make assumptions about that person because you're sort of building a block. You're like, well, everyone like that sucks and I don't need to talk to them. And that's okay. But like, maybe that new person really is just curious about it and they say something that usually lies, goes down that track to, well, I would never hire someone like that. But maybe they actually are just curious and have questions. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? This has been helpful. I, I know, I really, I, I know that, and I think especially for those of us who work at home alone, we get in our way. And yeah. it's easy to go through all the scary and good thoughts, but sometimes, you know, one catches you and gets the best of you. And I, even if you don't work from home, this happens to you. I know it does. It <laughs> yeah, totally. But I feel like we're, uh, especially prone to it. And so I, it it has happened to me a lot in the last year and just having this conversation and getting better, hopefully at recognizing, recognizing really just, you know, my thoughts and not letting, trying to over, you know, there's no point in trying to control something and hopefully catch myself next time. Be like, Hey, you're doing that thing again. Yeah. That's really the goal to move forward and hopefully undo some of it a little you know I don't have I don't I can't change who I am but I don't want it to get to the point where it's upsetting me yeah in my life so thank you Carla I appreciate it you're so welcome yeah so I think the things for you and this you know just talking about these things and bringing light to these things is gonna put it more into your awareness but maybe just walking away with the intention of you know maybe letting go a little bit doing some experiments around planning kind of letting things go there and then i think processing taking time to process these negative emotions when you have them i think those are kind of the two big things i would recommend going forward and then um can i pull an oracle card for you i love that cool what um open ended question do you have oh i have to ask a question can you explain yeah. people really quick what oracle cards are i don't really know the background of them uh they're like tarot cards but for me they're just simpler because uh tarot cards i think there's like 
different directions the cards can face and different like layouts and it's all kind of complicated. I'll dive into that at some point. But oracle cards, you can just pull one card and basically do it in whatever way feels intuitive to you. And it just gives a little bit of guidance. So um, yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> open-ended question. Oh, so much pressure. Okay. I think my open-ended question would be how can I approach or feel going forward in addressing some of these like goals or anxieties? Okay. I'm going to make that a little bit simpler okay. and I'm just going to say, what do I need to know about control and anxiety? Okay. Is that good? Okay. This is just going to take me a minute to do. Okay. So I pulled inner temple. It says devotion, tune into the portal of your heart. Excuse my dog. All right. And let me, ooh, my dog is going crazy. I love your dog. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If anyone's feeling annoyed by my dog right now, just go to at Airy Fairy Feminist on Instagram and look at her and you will not be mad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me find this. I'm, I'm looking up the description in the book of this card, but it's not in alphabetical order. Oh, here we go. Okay. So it says, you are being called to be a devoted student and tune into your heart to incorporate true devotion into your life. You could be being called to develop a regular meditation, journaling, or chanting practice, or to show up to your soul with rhythm, to develop a daily practice where you fill up your well and spend time with your soul. All of the answers to all of the questions that you seek are waiting for you in the portal of your heart, but you cannot hear them unless you carve out time each day to listen. Your soul is yearning for a deeper relationship with you, and so the more time you spend with it and show up to it, the more clearly it will guide you. We are here to grow as souls. Earth is one big playground for the soul to learn, and you are being called to go deeper in your soul growth or to increase your devotion by being a student of a lineage or a spiritual teacher. If you have already been a committed student, then you are being commended for your devotion. Your guides want you to know how proud of you they are and that the time you spend in devotion is priceless. If you are questioning your career or life path, your guides want you to turn your focus toward devotion and this prayer. Please use me in a way that delights my mind, body, and soul. May my life be one big moving prayer. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Does so, that resonate with you? Well, I feel like it does. Yeah. Can you share which Oracle deck you use? Yes. So I use the Work Your Light Oracle cards um, by Rebecca Campbell. She wrote Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister Rise. And then the artist is Danielle Noel. She's also done Moonchild Tarot and Star Child Tarot. They're beautiful. I love yeah, them so much. Photos and I follow Rebecca on Instagram as well. They're, they look very cool. I, I have a few different Oracle cards and they're, they're fun to play with. So it was fun to share that with you today. Thank you so much, Charlotte. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing what you do with myself and whoever's listening today. It is so valuable. And I know so many people kind of don't understand how coaching works and there are so many different coaches out there and I think it's important to find the someone who feels good for you yes that is super important you have to really resonate with your coach otherwise it won't do much of anything I just want to thank you for coming like being on here and being open to doing a coaching session that's going to be published as a podcast like that's 
super Mm -hmm. cool and totally never something I could have planned, but something I think is super useful. Yeah. For people to learn what it's like. 100%. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Life with Zan. If you'd like to follow along, you can find me at Zan Farrow, spelled Z-A-N-F-A-R-R-O-W, on both Instagram and YouTube. And if you'd like to check out my website, head to zanfarrow.com. I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thank you.